It's Christmas time. It's a, it's Christmas time. It's a time of, you know, it's a time of love. It's a time of joy. It's a time of peace. It's a time of blessing. It's a, it's a time of a lot of things. One of the things that I want you to know that what we do every Christmas time is we have the opportunity to do a missions trip. So real quick, I just want to share with you, we've got a team that's going down to a mission trip down to Anadarko today. It's okay. We're just going to show a video of what's going to take place, and we want to thank you for being part of this. We all go on this mission Father, we just ask today that you just release your goodness on this team that's traveling down there and that you will just bless and strengthen the kids as we go down there and minister to them. Let us be a light for these 500 kids that are down there. Father, give them hope. Give them blessings. Give them wisdom. Let us just be a representative of you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise for that. Hallelujah. That's one of the places, you know, sometimes it's like, where does my money go? That's one of the places in which your funds go is to be able to help Riverside, is to be able to help meet the needs down there. There is, we have a dorm that we sponsor. It's an Arapaho dorm. It's a dorm of girls, and um, we love them girls, and we love to take some stuff down to them. And today there's a group of us that's going down. We are going to have a, a time of Christmas distribution. There will be over 500 gifts given away tonight. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's like, wow. It's the, so them, they're going to be going, yes, it's Christmas. And we got the opportunity to be able to even tell them what the reason is for the season. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, if you've got an electronic device today, you're welcome to use it, iPad, iPod. I whatever, whatever those I things or whatever, smartphone, or even if you've got a dumb phone that's got the, the, the Bible on it, you can use that. Amen. If you've got a Bible, just hold it up a minute. If you've got a phone or something, you're going to use hold it up a minute. We are talking about the Word of God today. Amen. Say, this is my Word. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. This is God's Word. God said it. That settles it. So today... I open my heart, open my eyes, open my ears to receive the word, to be changed, never to be the same in Jesus' name. How about we give him some praise for his word? Amen. Hallelujah. 
You know, I remember years ago, sometimes you do things and then you get away from them. And, but, you know, it's always good. The Word is always good. And we are going to talk a little bit about the Word. So if you've got a few minutes, just give me some of your time this morning and get ready to be able to receive something. Real quickly, I want to talk about the Word of God. Say the Word of God. We started out this year, we talked about family, we talked about honor. You can see the banners throughout the sanctuary. Those are all different subjects and areas in which we began to talk about and release in your lives. And this, this month, we're really talking about revelation and the Word of God. So we're going to start off real quick. I'm going to have you go with me to John chapter 1. Let's look at John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I'm going to get into it. And we're going to look at John chapter 1 and then 14. And then we're going to go through about a bunch of scriptures in Isaiah and then First Peter and then Hebrews. And then never mind you because I've already lost you, haven't I? You're like, wait a minute, I'm just getting to John chapter 1. Here's what I want you to do. Turn with me to John chapter 1 and then find 2 Corinthians. And I'll have you park in those two places because you won't be able to have time to be able to follow me. All right? Because I'm, I'm just kind of like a racehorse ready to go. Amen? So John chapter 1, it says, let's read this all together. Can we read it? Ready? Read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the very beginning, we see Jesus. Jesus is the Word. He is the Word. How do I know that? I'm glad you asked me. Because 1 John chapter 1 tells us that he was there in the beginning, the Word. Say the Word. The Word was there in the beginning. Do you see that? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now let's look at verse 14. Verse 14. Everybody read verse 14 with me. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. The glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Whoo! That's Jesus. He became flesh. Why did He become flesh? Why did God send His Son in the fleshly realm of Jesus and be able to under... Do you know why? Because he wants to understand what you go through. He wants to be able to understand the difficulty, the pain, the, the, the hurt, everything that we go through. How many of you know Jesus has already gone through it? So, so I'm excited. When we see Jesus, guess what I see? I see the Word. Tell your neighbor the Word. Tell him that we see the Word. So in the beginning... The Word was there. Now, we know that this Word was, was written and, and it was being lived out in the first century church, and it was written around 322, 324 A.D. is when it was actually compiled to be put together in a, the form in which we have it today. I'm thankful for the Word. But I'm telling you, this Word, this Word is greater than any other Word that you could ever have. This book is greater than any other book you could read. You could read Think and Grow Rich or, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People or you could read, you know, War and Peace, whatever it might be. You could read those, but this word is more important than that. Do you know that this word? Let me tell you how valuable this word is. This word has, they, they're having trouble counting it of how many copies it sold, but how many of you know they have distributed over 6 billion copies of this word? No, no, it's number one. Let's give the Lord some praise for the Word of God. It's number one. There's, I mean, the, I was looking at some others that were on the list, and they've just got to the place where they just don't put this on the list anymore because it's, it's a worldly way to say, let's not count what the Bible's doing. Are you with me? 
But we have to come back in and say, this is the number one bestseller. Say the word will change you. Come on, tell somebody next to you the word will change you. It's valuable. When I look at this word, I, I think about how valuable it is. I think about the people that shed their blood for this word. I think about the people that gave their life for this word. I think about not only the people, but even, even kingdoms tried to defeat this word. How many of you know this word cannot be defeated? It's kind of like a, a fishing bobber. You can push it down, but guess what? It comes back up. Oh, come on, somebody. This word is that way. It's so valuable it's that. Even when you get knocked down, you can get back up. Why? Because of the word of God. It's the word. Tell your neighbor, say, it's the word. Tell your neighbor, it's valuable. It is valuable. It's valuable. This is the word. And I'm honored to be able to bring the word of God today. But I'm more than that, I'm honored to be able to say, look, not only this word lives through Jesus Christ, and Jesus was the word, and the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. He went through what you went through. He died, and he rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding on our behalf right now here today. And his word is alive. His word is active. His word brings revelation. It brings strength. It's going to bring these things for you today. Will you receive this word of God today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, let me give you some things about how valuable the Word is. How valuable the Word is. If you're writing down, taking some notes, I'm going to give you three things, maybe even four. But let's go, let's do the first one. First thing that I want you to know how valuable the Word of God is, is the Word of God shall stand just for the first century church. What's that say? You can look on the screen. See what it say? For what? The Word of God stands what? Forever forever. There's no mistakes to this Word of God. There's no errors in this Word of God. See, we, we think, well, you know what? Oh, you know, Jesus died. You know, they tried. They killed Jesus. And the Bible even says that when they killed Jesus, they wish they hadn't have killed Jesus. But how many of you know you're never going to be able to kill the Word? And Jesus is the Word. And they tried to put Jesus in a tomb, and he died. But guess what? He rose again. And now this is the time of season that we begin to look at it and we celebrate the birth of Christ. Jesus is the reason for the season. So let's take a look at some scriptures real quick, and I'll give them to you if you're writing, taking some notes, you can get them down. But Isaiah 40, verse 8. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers and the flower fades. How many anybody had some plants and flowers? How about those fresh-cut ones you put on your counter or your table or whatever next to your nightstand? What happens to them after about three weeks? You're like, well, I think they just kind of droopy there, you know, gotten hard, and I'll just, I'll just throw them away. Isaiah says the grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of God stands forever. Say forever with me. Forever. I remember when I was young and, and I was going to college, and we talked about forever, and what we defined forever as a long, long time. Forever is a long, long time. You know, as a kid, you know, you, you got children or grandchildren, and you're like, you know, and they're, they're, they're six or seven or three or whatever, and they're like, it's, it's forever. And, and they're like, sometimes they're going to say, well, how long is forever? And you're going to have to say, it's a long, long time. Because it's, it's hard to really define that. Let me look at a couple more scriptures. Another scripture in Isaiah 51 basically says, my salvation will be, it's 51.6, my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not wane. 
salvation will be not just for a small period of time, not just for the next thousand or two thousand years. His salvation will be forever. Say forever. And I love this scripture in Isaiah 55, 11. That's another one, Isaiah 55, 11. It says, so my word, say my word, it goes forth out of my mouth and it will not return to me empty. This is the prophet Isaiah is prophesying what the word of God says to him. And he prophesies in the first person of God. And he says, my word, which goes forth out of my mouth, will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter in which I sent it. When I memorized that, it was, it was basically the version said it was sent to do what it was supposed to do. That's the word of God. Tell your neighbor, say, that's the word. I mean, it's, it's going to stand forever. It's going to stand forever. Look, the word was here before you and I, and the word was going to be here after you and I. Can I get an amen? That's the word. That's the word. I want to give you a New Testament scripture. Can I do that? First Peter chapter 1. I want to look at verses 23 through 25. Let me read this to you. It says, For you have been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable. You're born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable. It says, That is through the living and enduring Word of God. So look at this just a minute. The living and enduring what? Word of God. The living and enduring. It's alive, it's active, and it's enduring. And we're talking about it today. Let's look at verse 24 and 25. He goes on and Peter's quoting a scripture out of the Old Testament. And he says, For all flesh is like grass, and its glory is like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord, what? Oh, it's only going to last for the next three or four years. Oh, it's only going to be for the next, you know, I don't know, maybe the next millennium. Come on, somebody. The Word, it's just going to be here just once in a while. Maybe the Word is good for you to use today. It's those Christians that like the Word of God. It's those people that are Christians. They just, that's what they do. They just like the Word of God. Well, you know why? Because it's the Word that's going to last forever. Come on, somebody. It's the Word that's going to endure through generation and generation. And you don't believe it? I'm just saying it's the number one bestseller. Come on, somebody. It's the number one, it's the number one most published book around. It is distributed. And there are 66 books in this book. And we want to encourage you to be able to get into the Word of God because the Word of the Lord endures forever. Say forever. So that's the first one, the Word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord, the Word of our God endures forever. The second thing that I want to share with you today about the Word of God is the Word of God is alive. It's alive. It's alive. <laughs> Anybody, maybe I'm dating myself. There were some movies that we would watch, you know, and it was like, it's alive. It's alive. The Word of God is alive. It's active. It is alive. It's not dead. I mean, I love the, I love the music that says, the, 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 that says God's not dead. God's not dead. He's alive, and he's living on the inside. Tell your neighbor, say, the Word of God is alive. It's alive. It's alive. I had somebody recently, they didn't really realize that how Living Word Fellowship was named. They were like, how would you come up with the name Living Word Fellowship? And we began to look at the Scriptures. So it's Hebrews 4.12. That's what it was based off of, Hebrews 4.12. So the Word of God stands forever. 
And the Word of God is alive. It's active. We're just going to touch on that just real quickly. In the Amplified Version of Hebrews in chapter 4, verse 12, this is the Amplified Version. Ladies like the Amplified Version. <laughs> it's the Amplified Version. What the Amplified Version is, is it takes the Greek and the Hebrew and it breaks it down and puts it into the Scripture. So it'll give you definitions. It maybe amplifies or expounds on the Scripture itself. So that's what the Amplified Version is about. The Amplified Version, here's what it says in Hebrews 4.12. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. And this is the, they put these parentheses, these brackets in there, says making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Let me say that again about the Word. It's the Word of God that speaks. It's alive and full of power, making that Word, the Word we're talking about today, the Word we read, the Word we sing about. Did you know that the praise and worship, those are words, those are scriptures that we're singing to be able to put within us. The words that we speak, the words that we sing about, we are making them active, operative, energizing. Anybody need something energizing today? Huh? We, I should have brought up a monster drink. You know, a lot of people would like these. Here's, here's, here's energizing. Look, look, I got something that's better than a monster drink. Come on, somebody. When you're down, depressed, broke, busted, and disgusted, when you're hurting and you're pain, if you can go to the Word of God, it will energize you. It'll pick you up. It's, it's, it's effective. The Bible says it's effective. Let me go on to the Word. It says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of beneath, excuse me, the breath of life, which is the soul, and the immortal spirit, and the joints and the marrow, which is the deepest part of our nature. In other words, the Word of God can begin to reach in to places inside you. I got the tip on this thing, but don't move. The Word of God can divide spirit and soul. Are you with me? That's what the Word of God can do. It can divide flesh and spirit, carnal and spiritual. Come on, somebody. It can divide those things. So it's the Word. Say, it's the Word. Okay, I'm going to put this back before I hurt somebody. Preferably me, Wayne. It wouldn't be you. It would probably be me. I just wanted to give you that picture of what the Word of God is like. It can divide the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and the purposes of what? Of your heart. It can do that. That's the Word. The Word of God. Let me read it one more time. For the Word of God that God speaks, it's alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword, penetrating in the dividing line of the breath of the life of the soul and the immortal spirit and the joints and the marrow of the deepest part of our nature, exposing and shifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and the purposes of our heart. That's the word. So this is a very... This word can bring change. Can I say that? Because sometimes... In order for me to change in my life, I had to look. 
at myself and analyze myself and say, maybe there's some things in my life that I need to change. Amen? There's some things that I said, maybe I need to adjust this or adjust that. And the Word of God helped me really come to a place where I wasn't feeling condemned, condemned by the Word of God, but convicted by the Spirit of God to say, you know what? I need to treat my wife better. I need to honor her and love her because why? The Word says that I'm to honor and love her. Are you with me? It says I'm to give Ephesians 5, if you want to know where that's at. Ephesians 5, that I'm to give myself up for her. I'm to give myself up for her. So I want to share with you a little story about pastor comes in and, and this couple's counseling and this guy comes in and says, man, you know, I've been trying to, my wife and I, we're just not on the same page. Things just aren't going, seems to be the right way. And he says, what should I do, pastor? And the pastor says, you know what you should do? Ephesians 5 says you should give yourself up for your wife. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look and see where you should be with your wife. Maybe if your wife goes shopping, you should go shopping. Maybe if your wife goes, you know, somewhere else, you should go somewhere else. He said, okay, I'll try that. pastor said, you try that for a little while, get back with me. Man, the pastor's a couple, three weeks later, he's walking through the store and says, hey, pastor, how you doing? He said, hey, how you doing? He said, real quick, I don't have a whole lot of time, but I want you to know I took your counsel. Because his counsel was the counsel of the what? The word. Everybody say the word. He said, man, my wife, I went everywhere with her. Man, when she went shopping, I went shopping. When she went to get her nails done, I went to get her nails done. I just, I went everywhere she went. When she went into the bathroom, I went into the bathroom. He said, well, how's it seem to be working? He said, it wasn't long. After a week or so, she finally said, look, why don't you go hunting? <laughs> don't you have a ball game you need to watch? <laughs> So the Word can bring freedom. Somebody say freedom. That's the Word of God. The Word of God stands forever, number one. The Word of God is alive. Go ahead, Kate, if you want to do the next one. The Word of God stands forever. The Word of God is alive. And let me give you this next one. The Word of God is powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. That's, that comes from a Greek word that it, it's, it's called energis. Integrace. And it literally means it's active. It literally means that it's operative. It literally means that it's effectual. And it is powerful. Say powerful. See, sometimes when you honor the Word and you get the Word in you, it gives you the power to change. Let me say this. When I get the Word in me and I come across decisions in my life, how many of you know it's really about making quality decisions in our life? I'm so glad and so thankful that when I was able to get the Word in me and continually get the Word in me, that I could begin to look at situations in my life and make different choices. I wish I could tell you that we can wave a magic wand and your problems will go away. But you know what? That's not true. And how many of you know Jesus is the Word and He came with grace and truth? Say truth. A lot of people don't want to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? You guys want to hear something that some people won't tell you? you got to do something with it. It's 
So the responsibility falls back on me. I can get this word. In fact, the Bible even tells you, I could tell you, show you a place in Hebrews where it says that the word was preached and it didn't have any effect. Why would it not have any effect when we've just heard that it's powerful, that it stands forever, that it's alive, that it's active? Why wouldn't it have any effect? Because it said they didn't receive it with faith. So when I receive a word with faith, guess what? Change in my life will come. Oh, come on, somebody. And sometimes it's difficult to receive something and then change or make, let me put it this way, make different decisions. That's not easy. It's not easy to make different decisions. So we have to make different decisions in our lives. A quality decision. Turn to your neighbor and say, make a quality decision. And it may be a quality decision to say, you know what? It's about the Word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Word. Let me give you the third thing. I gave it to you. The Word of God is powerful. Say powerful. Okay, let's look in here. This is where I was wanting to get to. 2 Corinthians. Everybody there? Chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want us to begin to look at the Word. There are some things in our lives that when we bring them in line with God's Word, that change will happen. It has to happen. It will happen. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to read, um, I want to read verses 1 through, gosh, let me just read 1 through 5. It's Paul. He wrote to the church in Corinth. He says, Now I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ, I who am meek, when face to face with you and bold towards you when I'm absent. Paul was really talking about, if you read his letters, Paul was a, he was a very meek guy, but when he wrote his letters to the Corinthians church, I'm telling you, he told them how the cow ate the cabbage. And you can see that in actually the first letter to which he wrote to Corinthians, it was like, look, there's a guy in there and he's messing around with his, his mother's, his mother. Get him out! I mean, that, you can read through the first thing. And he said, look, don't do this and don't do that and don't do this. But if you'll read 2 Corinthians, just don't read 1 Corinthians and 1 Corinthians only. You need to read 2 Corinthians because Paul kind of was backing up a little bit in 2 Corinthians and said, um, I was a little tough on you. I was a little tough on you. How many of you know sometimes when we first get the zeal of the Lord, when we first come to the things of God, it, it, it can, it can, we can be tough on some people. We can, tough, we can be tough on some people. So he's going on and he says, look, man, I was meek to you when I was face to face and I was bold when I was absent. Verse 2, he said, I ask that when I am present, I need not to be bold with the confidence in which I propose, excuse me, purpose to be contagious, excuse me, courageous against some who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh. And in verse 3, he goes on and he says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. We walk in the flesh. We don't wage war according to the flesh. Kind of reminds me of what Jesus said. He said, you're not in the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. In other words, you may be in the world, and I want you to be in the world, but don't be like the world. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't be like the world. He goes on in, in verse 4. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful, the destruction of fortresses. 
Verse 5, For we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And then he goes on and he talks about really bringing things and punishing it. But look at, I want to look at verse 4. Can we just highlight verse 4? He says, for the weapons of our warfare, say the weapons. Oh my goodness, this is a, this is a military term. I thought y'all about love. We do love. We love people. Well, I hate the devil. Come on, somebody. And let's not, it's not about the person or what they're doing. It's about what the lies they're listening from the enemy. And it's the enemy we dislike. Come on, because Ephesians 6 says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but what? Against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in high places. Come on, it's not the person that we're at war with. It's a spiritual battle that they're involved in. And how many of you know that one of the weapons, one of the major weapons, is the Word of God? Say the Word is a weapon. It says, so our warfare is not of the flesh, but listen to this. It's divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. In other words, strongholds. If you go back in and you study out fortresses or strongholds, when a kingdom would go against war of another kingdom, they would actually try to get their stronghold on a higher place. Are you with me? Um, they would put their stronghold on a higher place because they had a better strategical tactical advantage than those that were down in the valley. Are you with me? You remember you've seen the movies and you see them and they're in a high place and they got this castle and it's a fortified area and they got to break into the wall and they shoot arrows and flames and everything else to try to get into that fortified area. That's in the natural. But listen to me. There are some spiritual fortified areas that we have in our heart and our mind. things that we've built up, some stronghold places that the enemy comes in and he operates through. Come on, somebody. Am, am I explaining this okay? No matter how long you've been in Christ, no matter how long you've given your life to the Lord or served the Lord all your life for 60 or 70 or 80 or whatever my years it might be, there are times where you have a stronghold in your mind. It's a belief system that you've rallied around, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God. All he's saying is that, guess what? We got some weapons, and one of the weapons is the Word of the Lord. And it's powerful. See, because I had a belief system that God was mad at me when I messed up. And some of you still have that belief system. As a Christian, as a born-again believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, God is not mad at me. In fact, he can't see my sins. Because the Bible says, not only my sins, my transgressions are moved away as far as the... See, some of y'all know the word. Never to be remembered. What? See, that's the thing. Just wait a minute. I've built a stronghold that says, if I mess up, she's going to be displeased with me. Well, I might mess up and she might be displeased with me, but it doesn't turn her love off towards me. The Bible says, the Word of God says, there is nothing that can separate you from His love. No height, no depth, no width, no breadth. 
no big, no little, no, can separate you from the love of God. I went to the jail this past week, and I visited somebody that was in there. And because of what they've done, they're behind bars. But how many of you know that God still loves them? That's powerful. See, it is the love that casts out fear. Is there fear in your life? Fear for the economy. Fear for the weather. Fear for this. I fear for that. I'm fear for this. I'm afraid of this. I mean, you're running around like chicken little. This guy is falling. This guy is falling. That's fear. Perfect love casts that out. When you love perfectly, don't be afraid. When you have perfect, that word perfect is mature. I'd like to rewrite the Bible and put it into the Greek because it says mature. It's not perfect like not having a blemish, wrinkle, or anything because I can't be perfect. And if y'all expect me to be perfect, it ain't happening. But I want to, as I grow and get the Word of God in me and I destroy strongholds that are in my mind that these things are harmful for me, then all of a sudden I can now become mature. Say mature. Come on, everybody say mature. Mature. I can become mature in God. So when somebody comes up and says, Pastor, I didn't like your shoes. Then I don't go, honey, baby, oh, baby, I don't, baby, don't, baby. What's wrong, baby? I don't, I'm not preaching no more. Wayne didn't like my shoe. I got something for Wayne. I'll tell him exactly what I'm doing. Like my shoes, buddy, what I don't like. That's not, that's immature. When I'm mature, he says, oh, I don't like your shoes. I was like, okay, brother, I love you. Better yet, brother, if you don't like them, why don't you buy me another pair? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, why don't you, okay, you don't like them, it's no problem. What kind of, what kind would you like? Send me some pictures. When you get the Word of God in you, it will do something in you. Real quickly, before we, before we close today. I want to leave you with this picture. I want to leave you with this picture. The Bible calls the Word of God a sword. Susan, you can come and play, please. Okay? In Ephesians, I think I got it on the next one. The Word of God stands forever. The Word of God is alive. The Word of God is what? Powerful. In Ephesians 6, it calls the Word of God a sword. Now, didn't we read in Corinthians where it says, the weapons that we fight with are not carnal, but they are divine. They are spiritual. Are you with me? So the thing of it is, me fighting Wayne because he doesn't like my shoes, I need to fight him in the spiritual realm, and it's not him. It's the spiritual warfare in which we fight with, and guess what can handle the spiritual warfare? My wife was just like, whoa. But I have got wield the sword in the spirit which is the word of God because you know what this word does I put a few things down and the Bible says that it examines this word this word is the sword see because a lot of times you're fighting somebody on Facebook 
you're fighting them with text messages or you're calling them up or you're talking bad about them in your home, whatever it might be, and you've got to fight them right here with the Word of God. You've got to fight them with the sword. See, this is a weapon that a lot of you don't realize you have one. I 